So next one's the big one. Yeah, for some value of that, you know. <laughs> Welcome to Southpaws, episode 499, The Great Pyramid of Memphis, <laughs> Tennessee. I'm Savern. I'm Fuzzwolf. And I'm Shiva. And did you did you see any mummies, Fuzz? No. Did you run into an Anubis and a fishing vest? <laughs> an Anubis. Was it you that sent it me the It was me that sent you the image. It was... Yeah. It's, Anub- it was done by the artist uh, Stella Nick, and it was Anubis standing in front of the Pyramid of Memphis in a fishing vest and shorts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like American Gods, baby. Yep. He's like, that's, that's his spot. Yeah. Um, Gotta get it where you can. <laughs> so, yeah, like, hey, guess what? We we survived Siesta, sort mm-hmm. of. I didn't go anywhere that weekend. Uh-huh. Um, we Panther and I went and saw his dad and stepmom and his brother and sister, and we had pizza and cake. At their place. That sounds nice. That was nice. That was what we did. And his aunt had sent him some super fancy cake that was ultra rich. And we shared it with the the table. That way we didn't end up with this massive cake that lurked in our freezer for like a year. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that that was my weekend. What about Mm. you, Fuzz and Shiva? Okay, so um, if you go back in the podcast archive two years ago, you will hear me discussing... Um, the big Cypress Lodge inside the Bass Pro Shop, which is inside the gigantic glass pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee. Because Ajax and I decided that we wanted to stay there on the last night of Memphis Fur Meet, which we last attended in 2019, because, of course, it didn't happen last year. So this year, we decided to not go to Siesta because neither of... Because originally we were like, yeah, we're vaccinated, we're ready for a con. Siesta will be a, a smaller con than others we've been to. And I'm, I'm, I'm comparing to like Anthrocon in Midwest, which is like 9,000 and 11,000 people. I ended up with just under 1,000. 985, I think, was posted online. And we were, we were initially like, yeah, you know, we feel safe. And then Delta happened. And cases started spiking. And Dallas was running really low on ICU beds. And the whole situation was just feeling a lot like it did a year ago. And we all kind of, frankly, got cold feet. And we're like, I don't feel safe being behind a table where I'm going to come in contact with possibly literally everybody at the convention and breathing the same recycled air in a single room like that filled with other people all weekend. So we... uh, Gratefully um, accepted the offer to roll our tables over to next siesta, which is good. Uh, Shout out to the dealer lead at Furry Siesta for making that a thing. And also, he works really hard, let me tell you. And also, shout out to the staff of Alamo City Furry Invasion, whom I also contacted recently and actually. They set up a dedicated email address for their was like dealer den rollover at whatever to keep track of people that want to roll over their tables to next year. So Fur Planet has officially also canceled going to Furry Invasion, uh, which is taking place in October down in San Antonio. So we won't be there either. Um, sorry, I'm just not feeling super confident about doing cons in Texas at the moment. Yeah, so Ajax and I were kind of like, we want to do something. I really feel the need to 
go somewhere. And we felt that a road trip where we're mostly just going to be around each other and the in a hotel without a convention going on is not going to be as massively stuffed as Akonda does have one. But we were like, hey, we really love that cabin experience that's not really a cabin because the, the Cypress Lodge in... Um, I almost called it the Cypress Hill Lodge, but that's the that's the rap band. Uh, <laughs> the big Jump around, yeah. <laughs> the big Cypress Lodge is is a hundred and twenty two, I think, room hotel that's inside the pyramid. It's part of Bass Pro Shop, and all have because it's part of Bass Pro. It all has a very cabin hunting kind of vibe to it. So think stag heads on the wall all wood there's like all like the little light switch covers have bears on them and stuff like that like they go hard on the design motif and that's totally a vibe that ajax and i enjoy so we on a on a weekend we decided not to go to a con that's literally a 30 minute drive for us we decided to instead drive like seven hours to memphis to not go to a con there um and it it turned out to sort of be a weird mini con weekend because like there was a dealer's room i.e the bass pro shop (laughs) where ajax went around and bought a not insignificant amount of stuff and funny enough he also got a picture with a fursuiter because on the drive home, we stopped at Bucky's as we did on the way out because we're Texans and we're trash and that's what we do. And this particular Bucky's was having a, a sort of event that day where they were doing free samples of some of their new stuff. And one of the employees was dressed up in their official Bucky suit. So Ajax got a photo with the, the Bucky mascot, basically. So nice. it's like, oh, it's a real furcon now. You know, we got our con badges in the form of our fucking COVID lanyards. And um, we went to regi- hotel registration and uh, had yeah. a room party by yourselves. Just the two of us. Yep. And but it was really nice, though. We we splurged. We sprung for like one of their nice deluxe suites. It was like two levels. So he had a, a bedroom upstairs. I had a king size bed downstairs. My favorite part of it was that it actually it had a patio that overlooked the Bass Pro Shop. So it was one of the inside-facing ones. But it was a big-ass patio, um, or balcony, rather, that was bigger than ones that I've had at, at, conven- at actual convention hotels. And it had a nice little table out there. And, like, points, I, like, sat there with my laptop and actually did some for Planet marketing stuff from inside the the bass pro pyramid so it was Uh, a work trip it was yeah it was a work trip um no i'm not writing this off this was totally a vacation but i I did do some tweeting and some customer servicing um on the uh no on the back on the back end of fur planet customer servicing you say you know like had to reset somebody's password and stuff uh but we were running a sale that weekend because we would have been at siesta uh, and we weren't, and we actually had some new stuff that we were going to debut at Siesta, which we instead debuted online. And uh, 
you know, thank you to all of our followers on Twitter who retweeted and liked the fuck out of all of those announcement tweets. It was really nice to see that level of engagement. Um, and we, we got a lot of sales. We actually, uh, we did as well online sales as we would have if we had been at Siesta, which was pretty cool. Uh, and we did it all from the comfort of this pseudo cabin in the not quite woods. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's trees in the Bass Pro Shop. Some of them are fake. You were by the river, the um, Mississippi River. Yeah, we were by we were by the Mississippi River, but there is actually a good deal of water inside the Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, because um, they sell boats, and um, <clears throat> they also have gators and ducks. And a, so Ajax is walking around doing his shopping, looks down, and there's just a duck there, and he starts filming it. And he goes, wow, the duck decoys here are really lifelike as it's waddling around. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really amusing. And, you know. But yeah, they're, and they, they actually do have events, funny enough. At like 10 o'clock every day, they do like, a, like a, a fish feeding. And they're like, now this first fish is this species of such and such. And, you know, they... They let the kids feed the fish and stuff like that. Like, it's it's weird, man. It's a huge fucking pyramid. It is part... It's part fucking Disney Park, just store and part hotel. Like, it, it's, just a, it's very American. It's, you know, honestly, it's a lot like the way Neil Gaiman describes the house on the rock. Not as kitschy and random, but it's one of those weird American roadside attractions. Um, like, like literally every year driving to Method, I would pass this fucking thing and be like, I got to check that out one day. And then like two years ago, we finally did once we found out that it had a, a full hotel inside it. Uh, also the, uh, the food, the food's pretty good. We didn't even leave the, the, we stayed two nights. We didn't leave the building once, you know, we just checked the car in the valet and that was it. Um, valet was required for some reason. But it was like 20 bucks a night. We were already spending a fortune on the room, so fuck it. And this was like my little gift to myself, you know. Because, God, I needed a break. But it was uneventful. The only thing that was eventful was Tyrion was like, hey, keep an eye, an eye, an eye on Hurricane Ida because it's making landfall on Sunday. And my concern was not so much about the weather. My concern was that we would get... In stuck in traffic on the way back because everybody would be evacuating Louisiana because it was scheduled to landfall right around New Orleans. So we ended up waking up at like 6 in the morning on Sunday. Um, no, 7. And we were on the road before 8 to get back here. And we actually made pretty good time on the way back. We'd have gotten back faster, but of course, like I said, we stopped at Bucky's and we enjoyed just sort of checking that out and you know i think more people were masked this time so the anxiety our anxiety level was was quite a bit lower uh we're also fully vaccinated by this point so anyway i mean not not to go on too much about it that that was our weekend it was a good road trip one experience i remember very vividly was i was laying in bed and i had this odd sensation in the back of my head and then i realized that oh i don't have any tension in my neck this is what it feels like to not be stressed for a little bit. <laughs> like, fuck. It was so foreign to me that it felt like an odd experience. And then I realized just how 
this is why my blood pressure has been high for the last two years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I really fucking needed the break. And, so, and it was good. And then, you know, back to work and blah. But but that's life. And, you know, and so it goes. So, so, so Shiva, now we get to hear the, the inside track on uh, how Siesta went. Yeah, so I was den lead, training up our new den lead for uh, Siesta this year. Uh, Taven's taking over mm-hmm. Siesta. So I was tracing oh. him on Siesta, and I'll show him further with Fiesta. And he should be mostly flying solo for Siesta next year with basically me backing him up. It was... I've done a lot of den layouts for many years with TFF and TFS and just... I've now organized a lot of fucking cons. Yeah. This is the worst I've ever done. By far. The hardest den I already laid out... I don't know if it quite eclipses the first year of Fiesta when I had no idea what the hell I'm doing. It was close because it's like social distancing. Well, I can't do all the usual things. Like I can't sit friends side by side with each other because, well, they're okay sharing germs. I can't let their um, customers clump up. So I had to spread everybody way out because we were okay, you know, it memorial day and everything it was looking pretty okay Mm -hmm. you know and it's like well numbers are are rising but they're kind of going slowly well maybe it's just the summer spike and then two weeks after uh fourth of july when delta started going insane it's like okay how how do we do this we ended up scrapping a bunch of our social space so we can spread stuff out not being able to do stuff we would had plants, so we had to fill stuff there. You know, how do we handle Abbott's insanity where you can't, you know, make people provide proof of vaccination? So we ended up having to do the end around Republican dumbassery by, so we, we made people either A, provide proof of vaccination if they were unable or unwilling to do so. Um, so Wednesday was the 25th. We made them show proof of a COVID test negative, obviously not positive, <laughs> taken on the 25th or after. And we even used like the over the counter from like CVS and such because they had a pretty robust, you know, decent report rate. Actually, a whole bunch of other cons are doing that now. And I guess like the Maroon 5 is a concert is doing the same thing. Oh, good. And we got that off of um, some of the folks, folks or uh, families and such work medicine. And that's what, how they're getting around it is by either this or that. Right. So we did that and it was busy. Like we tried to Saturday, Friday when we opened up the den, it did not look. It looked like the first day, like, Fiesta lining up. It was like people were, like, in line, like, big line. We tried to feed them in to the den at a steady rate, and but, you know, people were browsing slowly. So we said, hey, you want to wait here for that first table to free up? Or do you want to just go past this table and go find the first one to start? And everybody's like, well, we'll wait here. We'll, we'll, because they didn't want to go, have to wait and go back through line again. And it's like, dude, it's going to be here all weekend. You can skip part of it, come back around, and it's like, just go shop someplace else further in the room. They're like, nope, we'll wait. 
and went down the line. Do you have to hit everything in order? One, two, three, four, five? Or are you okay just finding the first open spot and starting there? Everybody, without fail. The the percentage of people I asked, hey, do you, do you want to just start at any open spot? You know, find a dealer that's not busy and start shopping there? And every single one of them. I think I got 10% of people who are willing to just go find an open vendor. Someone who's not already serving somebody. Mm. No. Oh. Friday was a nightmare because we were trying to stage people in, but they were, it, we would spread people out, turn around, and they had all unsocial distanced. Turn back around, they'd all drifted back together because they're talking. Go back, spread them out again. And then they all drift. Plus all the lines back further, the further back you got, the more clumped it got, despite us telling people to back up. So it's like they're infecting each other in line if they're infecting everybody. It's like, okay. End of the day of Friday, we ended up kind of both abandoning social distancing and just said, everybody just go. But that actually worked out well because that flushed the line out and people spread out in the den anyways. So they weren't on top of everybody in line crowding to get in. They all just kind of went, they got in the den and then kind of poofed and spread out and everything kind of stabilized. Um... But the slow, stagnant way in caused the first couple dealers to get absolutely pounded. Of course, we had one of the most popular ones, and I didn't realize how popular she was as the first table, Uh Tigger. I didn't realize how popular this gal was. By the end of the day, she was like, please, please, can I swap with someone deeper in the room? We actually planned for an in and an outdoor. So what we did, day two, is we reversed polarities. Our Mm. outdoor became the indoor. And we managed to get a whole bunch of more stanchions and such for the hotel because another group got done with them. Mm. So we claimed them for our own and kind of threaded, you know, forced people more or less along a different path through the den. And this both, one, we didn't try to, like, social distance, forceful social distancing. We kind of just let people go poof like they did once we kind of released um, in, them into the den the day before. And it, it worked out. They all just went poof. But because we kind of reversed the flow, the people who were kind of getting stagnant hits on the day before, they got better sales um, Saturday and then Sunday. So it kind of made up for the kind of the stagnation on Friday. Mm-hmm. And everybody loved that. That was like one, it, it with the stanchions and everything else kind of, cause kind of forced the flow to go a little differently. Mm-hmm. Folks were really happy because, you know, they it changed the way money hit the room, which, you know, that matters. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's something I'm thinking about doing in other years of, well, even with TFF, is like, I got multiple doors. I can move the entrance to the den. I'll yeah. just pick up my little sign, move it to another door, and we'll flush through there instead. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> um, so it, it kind of depends on layout and if I can do that. But it's something to keep in mind, um, even mm-hmm. as something to do later on to change the flow through the room because that impacts sales. Yeah. No one wants to be you know, far from the entrance, but if the entrance moves, that's going to impact how people spend their money and how they browse. So after the Friday was a little bit too congested for my comfort because um, I was having to do a lot more forcing social distancing you know, and directing traffic, which means I was far closer to people than I wanted. But once we kind of let everybody poof, um, and then Saturday and Sunday, what I was able to like stay further back away from people, <laughs> more what I was int- you know, intending to do. So it was, 
I got a negative test, so it looks like I managed to dodge the Rona. That was just over the counter, so I'll take another one. I got another one in a couple days, because we managed to find four at 40 bucks a piece. I took two, Noxie took two, because we were rooming together. Mm. I was her ride, and... Makes sense. Yeah. Um, if one of you got it, the other was probably going to... So, the neat thing that happened for the weekend um, is, so you know how with most of our Siesta and Fiesta contracts, we get the presidential suite. Mm -hmm. And the presidential suite we usually use for con suite. We can't do con suite. So, the con chair, Pesty, you know, talked to, you know, Buck and a couple of other people. He ended up, just because I had stepped down from being president for now 10 years, more or less, Said, hey, you're stepping down. You're you're basically retiring. You want to sleep up there? So I, oh, cool. I, so I got to sleep in the presidential suite. So you have to understand, it's like a big giant living room. But this and is the Hyatt, so that's a nice presidential suite, right? It, it's a nice presidential suite. So, but it was the weird two story one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so you enter in on floor twenty seven, and then there's a staircase goes up to like the sleeping area with like the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that there was actually a door to floor 28. So when I came in here, came in the bottom floor with all my shit, then dragged it up the stairs. Oh. <laughs> when I realized later on, I could have just taken it to 28 because the key works on that door too. I didn't sure. have to carry shit up the stairs. I could have just wheeled it in. I've never actually been to that suite. I've been to the others, the single floor, because we used them for con suite. Yeah. Um, and so I knew about what it looked like, but I hadn't been in the... The, like the bedroom area because I, I mean I was just up there for like nachos. Yeah, <laughs> right. So the the living room area was they ended up using it for like meetings and cash counting and like a lot of like the other sundry like office space that we need shit for. Yeah. So the execs were in and out of the rest of it. I just got basically got to sleep in it. The biggest perk for that was the giant fucking bathtub. I have had, like, five bath bombs from Lush I haven't been able to use because, frankly, my tugs here suck for taking a bath in. Mm. It's like I finally got to use some of the bath bombs. <laughs> so, long story short is I got to use, I got a deep tub for siesta. That that was... The other thing is uh, it comes with a full but small size fridge. So, not dorm fridge, but, like, the smaller apartment size fridge. Mm -hmm. And because we had food and bev to to burn there's leftover we did box lunches for for the sponsor meal because well you can't do a buffet so right, we did yeah. individually packaged box meals and we had like chicken salmon and then there was a vegetarian option of course when they got done if there was extra it was like well what do we do with it so we ended up stashing some like five of the meals in there for staffers who inevitably can't get away to eat you find a attendee looking a little peaky because they spent all the money and they don't have money for food because people are dumb. So we stashed a couple of those and they got doled out to to the the starving and the poor planning and the the <laughs> uh, in many ways um just stranded because well my guys didn't come down and help. So the other leftovers we fed to the dealers on Sunday. Um, I managed to get some some coffee out of the food and bev that we had to burn mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it was trying to do a food and beverage thingy when social distancing is a huge problem is really hard 
Yeah. Because we can't do buffets. We can't do this. We can't do that. All has to be like box lunch, very individualistic. So, you know, I, I got some coffee from the dealers. We did box lunches. You know, it was a nightmare. I, it, and we have to do it again in February with uh, Fiesta. It's it's a nightmare. Um, it was the least fun con I've ever done. And not because of the con itself. It's all about, like, is anybody going to die coming out of the weekend? Is people going to get sick? Are they going to sue us because they got COVID? Um, all this other stuff. It's not fun. Do not recommend running a convention well, there's a pandemic going on. If anybody was wait, thinking about starting a fur con, wait. Mm. Wait a couple years because when you've got a giant hotel bill sitting over your neck like an axe, if you cannot pull this out of your ass, it sucks. And it's not just like furry cons that are having this too. Also, anime cons, uh, Otacon had to do that a few weeks ago. They basically had to put together a convention with 10,000 people for like in like 90 days oh. because they were like, you're not getting out of your contract. Yeah. I mean, so they were like, oh, shit. Yeah. Slapped a con together. And well, wow. I usually look forward to Fiesta. I'm not looking forward to trying to organize Fiesta because we've got 6,000 people. We need to socially distance and like not infect. Um, and it's. Oof. I'm not confident that this pandemic is going to be over in seven months. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, we're going to have to fucking deal with this. If he has to. Um, yep. I mean, at least we had some of... There will be cons between now and then to come up with other ideas and, you know... I am really curious as to what, like, what are the numbers of people having actually gotten sick from conventions since Megaplex? Because, like, at this point, we've had Megaplex, we've had Stratosphere, we had Denver, and we've had Furcon, and and Philadelphia, and Fury Siesta. Yeah. And, like, I'm really curious as to what the prevalence of COVID at the cons has been. Well, unfortunately, with... because one person decided to do the right thing and be like, hey, I tested positive after going to Megaplex. If, you know, if you were around me, you should get tested, and that person got thoroughly flame-broiled on Twitter for coming out with their positive diagnosis just as a FYI precautionary thing. Now anyone else that tests positive after a con is going to be too scared of being mobbed. On, yeah. on Twitter, to, they're going to keep that shit to themselves. Yeah, and you At bring least... up a good point because that person got used as a weapon and attacked, and yeah, like people were real shits to them about it. Yeah, and in my opinion, they did the right thing uh, by coming out and being like, "Hey, um, I got sick. Clearly, this was present. This virus was present at this event. You should go get tested." And you know, if we had people publicly saying, "Hey," uh, this, you know, this many people, we could have an idea of, th this is fucking contact tracing here, you know? We would have an idea of, well, this many people got sick confirmed at a con this size, and this many got sick at a con this size. We can maybe see how bad is this within our community, you know? What is our... Give us some fucking idea of what 
we're dealing with as far as how well we as a community are handling this, how safe or not are our conventions right now, and that would maybe inform people decision, people's decisions on, you know, their level of risk that they're willing to accept. And well, I also know that some people, I mean, a lot of the Delta, if you're <clears throat> vax, well, you'll be asymptomatic. Yeah. If you're feeling okay, you might not even think you have to test. Yeah. But pretty much everybody I know has either A, gone tested, planning to test later this week just to, to <clears throat> scratch it off, you know, like the, there's dealers in the Siesta chat going through and... Posting yeah. that they were negative <coughs> and whatnot, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Um, and hopefully other, like I'm in several dealers chats because I've been accepted to deal at several cons. And uh, I, I've seen people do this, you know, and come back and be like, well, you know, I tested before. And it was negative. I just got my post-siesta test and it was negative. And everyone's like, yay, that's awesome. And I mean, and that's a really good sign because dealers are highly at risk. Because like <laughs> I said, we're in one room. All weekend long, with that same air going around, and we encounter damn near everybody at the convention. So, the fact that several dealers are coming up negative, that's good. But yeah, you are right. I'm glad that a lot of people are reporting their negative. And like, we we know somebody who has been to Stratosphere and Siesta, and now they've tested, and now they're going to MFM. Like, this is a person who has very much needed conventions. Like, I've had lunch with their roommate and they're like oh god they're like a new person again because they had the opportunity to go and be a social butterfly and like that's good for them and i'm glad but it's just also i think that probably furries are a bit ahead of the curve when it comes to having their shit taken care of oh one cool thing that we did do is that uh i got some wine and everything else and uh so shelby and slick came and worked siesta managed to get everybody together that i could find managed to actually give them a small wedding yay because they're getting married i think it up sometime this fall but it's going to be a very small ceremony it's like their folks uh shelby's son and uh we're not gonna be able to see him or anything else like that so i made sure to give them like you know a toast and a yay and a yeah you know congrats well they had people around them yeah so so there was some good stuff happened at the con. That's good. Yeah, but couldn't really have much in the way. I, I, the, the, the president was just like, I want to have such a party here. Wait. Ill-advised. <laughs> so, Saverin, I'll do some advice Shiva just said. Speaking of people who have announced a new con. Ah, yes. Let's, <laughs> let's well, smoothly now, transition. First of all, I want to ask. Do we want to avoid actually naming the organization or the convention because we don't want to actually give them any limelight? And we can talk around it. That's fine. Okay. But we'll just call it Right Wing Furcon. RWFC. Yeah. Uh, you know, starting a new convention right now was a bad idea. Starting your a new convention using a lot of dog whistles in your initial marketing is a bad idea. We're furries. We can hear that shit. Yeah. And especially when you just forgo the dog whistles and go with just regular whistles and or foghorns. Yeah. <laughs> but you notice the crowd that's starting that don't particularly believe, it. like I said, they're right-wingers. This yeah. whole COVID is a, a lie, right? Yeah, it's fake and it, gay. Come get your horse paste. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like I they're not worried get, about it anyways. Because... I hear you get a horse paste sample with your reg bag. Yeah, it's... 
A problem that we've seen many, many different times. A convention that started up out of spite. There were spite conventions in the pony community. There are spite conventions in the anime and comic book scenes. And furry. And now furry. Oh no, there's been spite conventions before now. Oh, I'm... I'm this is just sure. the, the last in a line and way too obvious about it. But no, there's been spite cons before. Yeah, and so it's just funny that this group has decided that they're going to make their own their own convention. But no blackjack and hookers because they're good Christian furries. Just free COVID for everybody. Yeah, and, you know, I'm a little disappointed in the fandom because, like, obviously, these douchebags deserve to fail. They Their choice of guest to Griffin is a long-term well-known shitter. But they did the thing where they restricted replies, and therefore, everybody, quote, tweeted the shit out of it. You know... It's it's a problem when this shitty little thing with a few hundred followers then gets quote tweeted at least a thousand times because people can't resist quote dunking on them. Mm. Um, that's kind of a problem. Like I've I've advocated for screen capping stuff like that to talk about it, which is what I did. Yeah, but yeah, you know it is what it is. So my problem with that is that there's no good way to handle it. Yeah, because as some people have said, screen capping gets around people's mutes, and and so if you've muted a term to avoid hearing about something, you still see it if it's screen capped, uh, which is a a legitimate issue for people who you know maybe have certain triggers, you know that that may come up, especially when it's like quote tweeting someone that's using hate speech in a tweet or something like yeah. that. It's a little, a little different of a. a problem in this case it's a valid concern but but probably not in this case but unless shitty character design is a trigger for you and and yeah i also think that it's a valid concern what you're saying that this gets them more eyes and more publicity and more people know about it but the alternative to that though is that nobody's talking about it and and then it becomes a small regional con that people go to who are maybe less online or less astute and they aren't, they don't know what the dog whistles are and they just think it's another random regional furry con. And we just kind of allow it to be there like a pus filled boil in our community. And we don't lance it, you know, like if we don't give them any attention it, it it becomes the missing stare yeah situation. and we've discovered that if you ignore them they'll go away it does not actually work no you have to make things go away but it popped up like yesterday and it blew up all over twitter and everyone's just like yeah shut the fuck up go away we don't want your kind here and so like yeah there's some people like i've been kind of occasionally going back and looking at the quote tweets on it to be like anybody that's vaguely approving just blocking them yeah but it's just like, eh, you know, trying to start up a convention right now is dumb as hell. Trying to start up a convention from their starting position, the language they're using, calling it an anthro convention and not a furry convention. They're going, they're trying to pine back for some mythical golden age of the fandom, which they're come on, claiming guys. to be celebrating the OG furry fandom. And like speaking as people who have been in the furry fandom for 
a long ass time, probably longer than some of these people have been alive. Oh, I retweeted a good thread earlier from someone who basically was debunking that idea. Another furry who, like like me, had been in the fandom since the nineties during you know all of those years, said that like the the people that are the main people organizing this con showed up in like twenty thirteen. Yeah, like. So, I'm sorry, yeah, I know it's been eight years, but you know fuck and all about the OG of this fandom, or the origins of this fandom, and you fucking weren't there during a so-called quote-unquote golden age, and much like, this is a common issue, actually, with with the, the right-wing conservative side of people, is that they also think that, like, the 50s in America was the golden age that we should get back to. That's the great that we need to get back to again. And you look at a lot of things in the 50s, and things weren't great. At least not for everybody. Well, not for a lot of fucking people. And a lot of the shit they pull from is literally advertising. Like, right, look yeah. At this picture of a man and his wife in front of their house with their 2.5 kids and a dog. Yeah, they're selling you fucking cocaine for your wife so she can tolerate cooking your meals and address pearls, you know. Like, Plus, they're all white. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. so it, it, It's not like everybody else, and it's only only some of the white was like that. But it's, yeah, like, it, it's, this, it's the exact same thing. They're hearkening back to an age that never existed. It's just like the burned furs, hearkening back to a mythical time when furry was all pg and when, straight. And when, when, yeah, and when going back to the earliest shit, as Saverin has pointed out before on this show, being, uh, oh my god, the cat dancer, and edit having explicit lesbian scenes, and queer, 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 and, you know, literally working women, and strip dancers, and sex positive and queer and racial right allegory f- and, and racial uh, allegories right from the fucking start like the the edition of omaha the cat dancer i have the the collective oh, sorry is omaha i knew i was fucking up her name literally i said omega oh no, no, you said omaha <laughs> did i i don't, I don't know. know either way whatever we're it recording it scroll back and figure it out um <laughs> but yeah like the the paperback i have it the first comic came out the year i was born yeah. And, like, yeah, in the first fucking chapter, Omaha's hooked up with her girlfriend, and they're talking about, like, her goals, like, after they had sex. And, okay, well, sure, whatever. But, like, these people that try to harken back to some mythical time in the fan, I was like, just ask anybody who's been around that long, and they're gonna tell you that the furry fandom right now is doing a lot better than it certainly was even when I first joined. I'm pretty you know, sure, also, all those, the, the whole bird first thing sort of, like, is mostly, you gay. Like, as a male-male versus... A lot of it was. Like, yeah. You know, if you look back at a lot of the early art, it was big busty vixens and skunk ladies, and that's fine, but, like, when people started doing gay shit, like, you know, Chris Sawyer at all, mm-hmm. people were like, no, we gotta get this this gross shit out. There were people that drew hate art of Chester mm-hmm. when Chester got popular. <laughs> Fucking Hardiman. Yeah. Yeah. The, the skunk works girls in a baseball bat, and it's pretty gnarly. Um, I don't think I ever saw that. I'll be glad you didn't. Pretty gnarly, and like I don't see anything from him. And for even years. then, like is he still here's alive? Hardiman, he's dead as a doornail. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he died a few years ago. Like hell, even like people you don't expect, like even um, Eric Schwartz has some uh, 
unfortunate old shit from the 90s where it's like oh shit i love his stuff flip flip through ah hell you know because like one of his like furry problems comics was like sometimes the women have extra equipment and it was like poking fun at um doug winger oh god remember when doug winger was like the height of furry shock uh-huh yeah now he's like that's tame as hell yeah oh that that macro lady is sitting on a building and has a giant horse cock Pfft, yawn mm-hmm. you know and this one has three Ooh, aren't you fancy um literally s- every furry these days has a goddamn horse cock why not you know, <laughs> no, no cock like it right um, this this massive horse has a cock that is a horse tar who also has a horse cock it's, it's just all the way down but yeah, like the the fandom, it is, becomes little versions of himself instead like, of out of its hose. X-rated version of Centaur World. Yes, I'm pretty sure Centaur World is an X-rated version of itself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> these people that are trying to oh, harken back Glendale. to the quote OG fandom <laughs> don't know shit about shit, and like the people that they're attracting are these disaffected younger furries that again don't know shit about shit and they want I still love the term it's from a movie where someone's like you're amazing you know shit about absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it's frustrating because like these kids you know they they are essentially and the term is so diluted but like they're essentially groomed into thinking the fandom has to be a certain way mm-hmm. when you know these people they completely ignore the history of the fandom as it is and that thread that you, you read is actually was quite accurate i need to find it because uh like it was pretty long. Uh, go to the Fur Planet Twitter account and look for a Kyle Gold retweet because he quote tweeted the thread. Yeah, um, but like the fandom now, it's far more diverse. There's a lot more women. There's a huge holy. Oh God! That's... Like the amount of gender diversity in the furry community is exploded. Mm-hmm. Like when <laughs> I was a young furry, like when I was a young Fennec Fox, trans people didn't quote unquote exist in the fandom because it was so like. It wasn't well known enough, and now it's just like it's part of the standard fabric, you know. Well, when I first started in the furry, there were so few women that cis we... or trans, huh? Cis or trans? Yeah. Period. Uh, there was a small group of it, like furry, like furry fans, furry females, depending on if you're talking about the Live Journal or the Yahoo group, mm-hmm. where there was only a handful and occasionally someone would find someone new and says look it's another one of us and you know ursula was part of that oh that's cool. how i knew ursula back in the day um and it was just but we were such a small demographic of it that we were the weird outliers yeah and like now yeah, it's a lot of females trans cis whatever you um, know, like know. that's also funny because like a lot of the you know, we, we talk about, you know, the Pirates Row folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danik Sprinkle and uh, Michelle Light. and Heather Bruton, Heather Bruton Terry and, Smith. Like, these, these are all women that have literally, like, stuck together in the fandom. And mm-hmm. since I remember purchasing... They're stuck together like glue! I literally have some of the bookmarks that I purchased from my very first Anthrocon that I think, think it's Dana Sprinkle? Or Caribou is one of them sells to this day. Well, yeah. last to the last con I saw them at, mm-hmm. and so it's like you there's... have bookmarks that are old enough to drink. Yes, 
um, because I was very broke when I went to my first Anthrocon. I had like 50, 60 bucks that I could spend. When I went to Anthrocon, I got there by bus. Oh, wow, Shiva. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I drove, but bus, like, damn. No, I had gone, we, we were living in the Midwest. Cause, well, no, I was actually in Dallas. Forget, I got up to my folks, and then we took a bus from up there, from where my folks were at, down to Anthrocon, and I think we went back again. That that trip's a bit of a blur, but no, we, we bussed yeah. from, like, way far up north of New Hampshire down to Anthrocon. That was AC01. Wow. Yeah. It's the only one I've ever been to, and that was back when it was smaller than Fiesta. Yeah. So, I, it, my weird early con experiences are when I would actually get in a car and there would be four of us sharing the car to split the cost of gas, so, which of course I cannot do anymore at all. I'm lucky to get product. one person in my car, let alone three more. But yeah, we have room for the product. But yeah, I haven't ride shared with three other furries to a con in a long time i mean oh if you want to go think back remember when people would rent like vans like church vans and i it wasn't a, a church van? van but i did that one at one answer con as a dealer this was before i owned for planet um we went to anthrocon in 06 or 07 and it was i think it was yeah it was 07 and we were in basically a a one of it was basically a minivan. We pulled out of one back row, and there was like I want to say five people in the van plus the stock. And this was when the company was a lot smaller. Like that actually wouldn't be enough space for us nowadays. Like uh, Tieran rented a van to go to Midwest in 2019, and it was just him driving uh, because the entire fucking van was full of stock. So that's that's how much our our dealing presence oh, has God. grown in the that Midwest. Time. So Midwest came out when Duckon spun off of their furry track, right? Yeah, and I had been to Duckon. <clears throat> that mm-hmm. was my first quote unquote furry con because it had a big furry track as part of it. Yeah, um, it's up in Chicago, but it also had like a sci-fi and other stuff. I got like a sign novel for like Tracy Hickman and Margaret Weiss. Oh, okay. Uh, Dragonlance. Oh, yeah. I know the name. You know, first time going to see any furries. And Bushy Cat was there. Bushy Cat was at Duckhouse. I think so was Carno. But Bushy Cat was one of the first dealers. And the one when it looped back around and she became a dealer at, at uh, okay. TFF, I'm like, I looked at her stuff. Huh. I was like, wait a minute. I know that art style. And I remember my friend that I went up there to go to the con with. Um, dragging me to her table because, oh my god, Bushy Cat's here. And it's like, oh my god. She was at my first con, too. like Because uh, she's always at Method. And um, Method was my first furry con in 99. But I need to go to Midwest just so I can do the full circle. of. I saw this before it spun off into its own thing. Uh-huh. And now it's the largest in the U.S. And now it's like a million times the size of DuckCon. Like I think DuckCon's still like between five hundred and a thousand people. Or yeah, something. It, it's a it'll con. It's small, and Midwest is over eleven thousand people. Yeah, I, I imagine <laughs> that it'll see a bump because 
Siesta saw a big bump this Siesta year. Siesta grew by 25% in a pandemic. Yeah. I wasn't going to throw hard numbers, but oh, yeah, no. it grew. We were 755 the year before. This year, we were like 984. Yeah, because... Little Siesta. Little bitty is, Siesta is now bigger than some furry cons. And it's... Yeah. It is a glorified meet where we drag out uh, fiestas, unused shit. <laughs> like when we mark doors, we just find signs from any old year. Oh, because like Dan had like a kaiju. We grabbed a different year for uh, Fursuit Lounge. We just find any old sign for that room theme screw theme. We'll just grab one of the old unused because ones. Because it's supposed to be lower effort for the staff and it's also supposed to be lo- not like a full fucking experience for the attendees it's supposed to be a chill it's a social relaxicon yeah it's yeah. a social you know thing it's for doing yeah. all the social stuff without like all the other you know bells and whistles bells and whistles we yeah. got all this shit in storage might as well drag it out yeah. You know, twice a year instead of one. I mean, we got a game cabinet. We got all this video game stuff. It's like, hey, we're, you're paying for the storage year round. So might as well drag might it as out well again. Might as well drag it out again. Um, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> going back to the uh, to this, like, SpyCon, though, I mean, like... Fuck them. Fuck them. They suck. These people suck. Um, it's good that people kind of get the beware out on them early. Yeah, and, and to be absolutely clear... Hating on them just because they're right wing and they have really shitty opinions is totally valid. But also, there are a lot of receipts of very shitty things that these people have done and said and also, over the and, years. And continue to Fucking say. Yeah. Oklahoma had three cons already. You have Wild Nights. You had tails and tornadoes. I don't know if Anthrexco is going to be able to survive. Um, they they're, they're they've already announced twenty twenty two. I had so, a fun time when I went. Yeah. yeah. So they already have three furry cons already there, and these guys are setting up for Texas's hat right up on top of. I think tails and tornadoes. They're in the fall. This is. Um, Labor Day weekend? Labor Day. No. Memorial Day. Uh, Memorial Day. Day. So, and then you've got Anthro Expo, which I believe is usually in January. January. Right. That's a lot of cons for a very small state, really geographically close to each they're other. They're a record con. Their whole thing is they're going to, like, if we can't be part of this, we're going to try to fuck it up for everybody. They're in like, the same town as one of those cons, only a few months apart. And it's the con that this person was fired from being the con chair of. Because um, the rest of the staff found out they what a shit she was and her homophobic, transphobic views. And uh, other members of the staff who are from marginalized community who are trans or people of color or queer didn't feel fucking safe having uh, certain staff members around. And it wasn't just a con chair. It was a lot of rot right at the top. And to Tales of Tornadoes credits, they got rid of them. And... This spike con has started um, out of spike. Yeah. So, I mean... And, and part of me is sort of like, you know, sure, they finally put their money where their mouth was. Somebody started up a right-wing fur con for all the chuckle fucks. Um, and the raiders can go have fun. And the... And fuck something else the, up. You know what's funny, though? You look at the quote tweet that the con chair made, and you can reply to that one. And you read the replies, 
and the majority of the replies are from supporters saying that they're too broke to be able to go. So I'm not hating on poor people. I've been poor myself, but it, it just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of shows the, the position. Like, a lot of the right-wingers, the, they're people that vote against their own self-interests. They're more likely to be on the poorer end of the economic spectrum. Long story short, I don't think it's going to be super fucking successful. Oh, I don't think it is either. See, that's the thing. When you have a furry con, you have to play to the prevailing mood of the community. And the furry fandom is very queer positive, it's supportive of minorities and everything else. You know, it is very left-wing in that regard. And when you position yourself from the outset in opposition to that, you severely limit your market. Like, you could try... Like, if other furry cons tried this shit, they would find themselves with an exodus. Like... They're not in an underserved market. There's three conventions, like you said. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're literally doing this out of spite. Well, the thing is, if you're one of these right-wing furries that's been banned from other conventions, you have to travel to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to a convention that accepts your sensibilities or lack thereof. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of these poor right-wing chuckle fucks that can't afford to go to the convention and find themselves unwelcome or at least having a not great time at these other conventions because boy howdy there sure are a lot of women gays and minorities here you know so yeah like they they're painting themselves into a very small corner and like financially convention hotels ain't cheap even a small convention is looking at like 10 grand we would know this you know for the hotel and so like they're putting their money where their mouth is but they might end up Biting off more than they chew. And I'm going to point out... Because all it takes out, is a pretty mild fuck-up to end up pretty deep in a hole. I'm going to point out another thing, just as a general thing, is that I do feel that people in the furry fandom should be made aware of this convention and the reasons to avoid it. Because my concern... You know, we've been operating as a business in the fandom for years. Um, for going on 14 years at this point like 13 and a half and there are furry publishing companies that are older than we are and there are still people that are like oh my god there are furry books so there are totally people in the in that area that don't know that there are other cons that they can go to and i'm concerned that some young (laughs) queer person finds out about this con is like oh my god there's totally a con in my area. I'm going to finally be able to go to a fur con. And they go there and they do not feel safe. And they do not have a good time. And they, they judge the fandom by that. Yeah. And, well, yeah. And they judge the fandom by that. But just I'm also concerned for their safety. I'm concerned for some first time dealer that tries to vend there. And they're surrounded by MAGA chuds. And people selling horse paste. And because, hey, it's animal related, it would qualify, right? <laughs> you use it on your fursuit to get the worms out. But only if you're a horse fursona. And, and so that's my concern. And, like, I feel that we kind of need to treat this con like we need to put a fucking Surgeon General's warning on it. May like, cause ass cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. That's a good, that's a good place to leave it. Yeah. Make cause yeah. ass cancer. So, 
that I think that's a lot on that. Also, please don't take the horse paste. You are not a horse. You are not a horse. You are really, really not a horse. Said yeah. the city of Kent. They're in Washington State. This was their official city of Kent Twitter account. Uh, and they included the little circle with a slash mark emoji and a horse emoji. <laughs> you are not a horse. To indicate you are not a horse. Um, yeah. Because... There's people, like, I guess they got done with hydroxychloroquine, and now they're going for ivermectin, and, like, it's become a real problem. Some feed stores, like, you have to send, give, show us a picture of you with your horse. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have to take a horse thing. selfie with your with your critter, because we're tired of dumb motherfuckers coming in and being like, I have a very sick horse, I need the paste. Yeah, because um, there's literally supply issues now. For actual is, horses. Which is a real fucking problem if you have a sick horse. Or you're a vet who needs this stuff for your pay- clients that have horses. Yeah. And, like, I'll, I I believe a lot of this is sort of like this, the same medicine that they give dogs for deworming. Like, you don't... I don't know if you... I don't know, think you necessarily give it to them when you know they have worms. You give it to them once or twice a year as a preventative. So it's actually really fucking important that they get this as part of their regular treatment. So Adam doesn't take Ivermectin anymore. Mm-hmm. It made him really sick. Like I didn't know it was the same medication, actually. So it's... Uh, Probably a much smaller dose. Yeah, it's Trifexus, I believe, does have Ivermectin in it. Right. But whatever, basically, the, the vet I take him to was like, we've stopped using this because it was making too many people's animals sick. We've shifted to this other brand, which Adam does not... Because he would throw up and feel like shit for a couple of days after giving it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a heart preventative because heartworm will kill your dog real quick and that's the last thing i want and so like it's for critters and it's an antiparasitic but what it does is it turns your blood toxic i mean that's what all yeah it's essentially like it's like chemotherapy in a way it's like it it poisons the thing but not you Mm -hmm. poisons the thing to death but not you it'll make you feel kind of rotten though most of the time um Whenever you take any kind of anti-parasitic, you're you're taking a dose light enough not to kill you, high enough to kill whatever the fuck it is, but half the time you usually feel kind of like shit. Because yeah. your body still doesn't like that. It's it's literally being poisoned, and like you have these stories of people being like, oh, I'm, I'm pooping out these worms, and it's actually parts of their intestinal lining. Yeah. They get like basically poisoned to death. So it's yeah. a big problem. But and it, I don't know, you know, maybe you guys know. I saw somebody ask this on Twitter the other day, and I did not know the answer. Is shedding your intestinal lining something you recover from? Will that grow back? I think it probably scars up. I don't know because, I am like, not a the doctor. intestines are not exactly a hospitable place. Like, once you fuck up a section, I think it just scars over because, like, it's constantly dealing with like the slurry of vegetables and your food and like stomach acid and gall and shit i'm not a i'm not a guts doctor i don't know yeah but like i'm pretty sure it's like a way to permanently fuck up your digestion yeah like i imagine if you poison yourself enough that way you will start having uh malnutrition issues later in life but i'm not a doctor nor do i play one on tv or on the internet so i'm not certain Mm -hmm. um but it is a problem because, like, these people, it's become fucking ideological that they're not getting the fucking shot, but they're going to try everything else under the sun. You would rather take something made for horses than a fucking vaccine. And, like, this big disingenuous thing, like, oh, well, it got a fucking Nobel Prize. 
In 95, yeah, for curing river blindness, for an actual, you know, parasite-borne disease caused by parasites that you take that stuff and it kills the parasites. It doesn't do anything for a virus, let alone bacteria. Yeah, it kills. and the doses these people are taking it in yeah, like, is, it's really high. It'll fuck, it can make you go blind. Uh, yeah, like, and there was actually, I saw somebody got into the Facebook group for people that are that are taking this and one of the posts was like my husband wants to know how long it'll take for his sight to come back yeah and, and people are like wait his sight <laughs> like and then you have dumb shits like joe rogan being like i did this and this and got monoclonal antibodies and this and this and also tried ivermectin and people are like oh he cured himself with this when in, no you he one he's fucking vaccinated two he got the monoclonal antibody treatment the ivermectin is tangential to this entire thing. Like, he could have drank an expired bottle of Crystal Pepsi, and people would be like, oh shit, find me the bottles of Crystal Pepsi, as opposed to just getting a fucking vaccine. That's like getting chemo and the healing power of crystals at the same time, and then saying the crystals cured your cancer. Yeah, it literally is. <sighs> and it's it's frustrating to deal with, because, like, and this pisses me off, because these fucking moralists because we've all been dealing with this shit and we talk about this a lot you know and you see the death numbers you see the people that are dying from this are largely unvaccinated are largely older and are like but they're very firm in their beliefs right they yeah. they are like they post and post and post and they post on facebook and, you know, you can go back through some of these people's things, and people have turned into a subreddit, the Herman Cain Award, where people have been posting anti-vax memes for a year, then they catch COVID, go, oh shit, I need prayer warriors, and then die. Sometimes very quickly. And it's like, all these people that are claiming it's fake and gay are live-streaming their own demise to Facebook. Yeah. And, like, these people that are like, oh, you, you shouldn't take note of this you shouldn't be highlighting this this will only put more people set in their ways and it's like do you not think that seeing people catch consequences for their behavior like if that doesn't move them i don't think anything else will but like i've seen two articles today like decrying that notion of like being like oh yeah this person was anti-vaxxer for a solid year and talking about how they should execute fauci and bill gates and george soros for this fake china vaccine virus that will kill you and then oh nope covid's no joke i'm in the hospital been in the hospital for a week oh they're dead mm -hmm. like it's literally them fucking around and finding out and yeah. like i and would... they're also being taken advantage of by snake oil sales yeah it, it, like this is it the individual profiting off of people's deaths yeah like the individuals are in their own ways tragedies because there are family members that are fucked up because of this there are whole families that have died because of this and like you but the thing is you also have these radio hucksters like you have so many like mid-level like am radio hosts that are dying from covid because they believe their own bullshit but you don't see the people at the top dying because they know it's all a fucking hope their shit is just bullshit but they're trying to extend this for ideological reasons. And so, like, Tucker Carlson, that motherfucker, he's vaxxed. You have to be vaxxed to work at Fox News. Like, you have to be vaxxed to work at these, like, right-wing think tanks to go inside. But, you know, they'll 
they have those rules in place, but they'll be like, no, no, don't do this. You know, microchips and the virus and the Chinese and this, that, and the other while they're sitting on their third fucking shot. Like, hell, Abbott, that motherfucker. You know, he got COVID. We were like, haha. And turns out he'd gotten a third shot, got the antibodies, and then, like, is back on, like, nope, you gotta, you know, we gotta have freedom and no masking and no this, that, and the other. That personal responsibility bullshit. It's it's mind-boggling you know, and These motherfuckers are like, well, what about the deaths from heart disease and the deaths from, from people not wearing seatbelts? Motherfucker, you, you can't, can't catch heart disease from somebody. You can't catch the fat by going to a mall. You can catch COVID and you can catch these hands, but you cannot catch fucking high cholesterol. You know. Oh, I walked too close to a cheesecake factory. <laughs> you know. And it's just, it's frustrating. And so when you have people, like, trying to scold you for taking a tiny bit of schadenfreude at the notion of these people who had have literally led people astray to their deaths, finally getting theirs, the, the fate that they decried as fake. I saw I saw a meme the other day. I have tested negative for sympathy. And, and like, does this make yeah, us I'm mean sorry. or callous? I don't think so. That's, it's just, we've dealt with this shit for a year and a half at this we're point. Just, we're so done with the bullshit. We're we've tired. done everything that we were supposed to. We've gotten vaccinated. We've stayed inside. We've avoided large gatherings. We've sacrificed trips. Sacrificed conventions. You know, sacrificed income. And, like, more so for other dealers than me. Like, Tyrion and I have day jobs. We're fine. We're paying our mortgage. People who are full-time artists and craftspeople, the, the, basically will go to a con, come home, immediately make a shitload of stuff for the next convention, and they do, like, ten times the number of cons a year that we do. They, they've they been fucked the whole time that all of these conventions have been, have been canceled. And, you know, they're still fucking paying the price for other people's stupid-ass decisions. Yeah. So, like, I'm sorry, we are, we are not all a bubble. You know, we, we, we live in a society. Gamers, please sake. stay down. You know, just, just, ah, just, yeah, just like, end it. insert possum screaming here. Because we actually have a new magnet on our fridge that Ajax bought. It says current mood endless screaming. And it has a possum drawing on it screaming. And that's. That's kind of where we are right now. Yeah. Like, I I feel... If I look at the internet, I feel incredibly angry and think very violent thoughts that would get me probably arrested and will not be expressed on this show. But I'm trying real hard to try to be less online. So I'm learning new things. I have made a lot of hot sauce this last week, guys. I have All learned... your hot takes have gone into your food. Yeah. My, my hot takes have gone into hot sauce. You've bottled your hot take. I have a pineapple habanero. Hey, if there were cons you could go to, you could totally sell them. <laughs> uh, you know, food sales at cons are iffy. I could possibly... So, in theory, I could turn this into a small business. I could sell at, like, like farmer's, market. farmer's Market, Weatherford and stuff, but you have to get, like, the food, the, the kitchen certifications. Yeah. So you generally have to have an exterior food preparation facility, not... A kitchen where you know adam is daintily at my feet going what you got what you got what you got um <laughs> right so i have been bringing it to share 
with my friends at the Londoner, mm-hmm. and I I bought this thirty pack of five ounce bottles from Amazon, and they have a cool little like heat shrink uh, topper. It's so, like oh neat yeah. So it has this and it has the the flow limiter, but it has a little like sheath that goes over the top, and then you heat heat set it with like a hair dryer, oh, and cool. it makes a little seal so you can see it's sealed when you give it to somebody. Oh, nice. Um, and so I've gotten like quite a few bottles like filled and ready and like i've been offering it to people and trying new things like i'm I have really a question for you uh-huh can you make it into soap that way when people wash with it they can feel extra spicy you know that would be very bad yeah 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 um mm, habanero body wash get those <laughs> tingles down below don't touch the mucous membrane kids yeah <laughs> Oh, get that in the urethra or anywhere, really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been learning new skills. Like I said a couple weeks ago, like, I've been gardening. I planted my potatoes today. I've planted my carrots. Mm-hmm. My yams have, like, a week before they I'm hit sure the That's right. You 90- said September 1st you were going to plant some stuff. Cool. One thing also. So, I would like to extend my thanks to Shiva. Last week she offered me her, or two weeks ago at this point, her light box and heat mat. So it turns out I had been doing it wrong when it comes to like trying to do peppers last couple times. And now it's a learning experience. Yeah. I, I refined my methods, use the heat mat, use the seed trays. And now I have literally 50 pepper seedlings in my trays. Holy shit. So I will be offering those to people locally because 50 plants, it's a lot. It's a lot of space. Um, you know, Sable really likes spice now. Yeah. So. Um, like, I, I'll offer them my neighbors and stuff. And it's going to really be like survival of the fittest, which one of these is a big, robust plant that I plant outside and which survives and all other stuff. But I uh, use the stuff that Shiva lent me and have had a great deal of success. Uh, doesn't that work great? Um, I mean, they're great. I did fuck up. So you're supposed to take the... Uh, the lid off and turn off the heat once things are all sprouted. And I was like, nope, I'm going to keep in a little hot box. And that made things grow really well. And then I got some spotting on the leaves of my broccoli seedlings, thinking, oh no, I have some fungus in here. I have some algae on the top of my dirt with my pepper seedlings, but that should be fine. But I, being like, I'm an organic gardener, blah, 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 uh, mixed up just the tiniest amount of this, like, it's like copper sulfate antifungal stuff. That's supposed to help fight fungal infections on mature plants. Uh-huh. I was a dumbass and sprayed that on my seedlings and literally killed every last, almost every last one of my broccoli seedlings. Uh-huh. I was just like, spray, 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 and they just go, bloop. Uh-huh. Like, almost immediately, I'm like, oh, oh, I fucked up. This was prior to my pepper seedlings coming up, so I didn't accidentally spray them and murder them. But I, like, murdered dozens of broccoli seedlings that were in the soil i had so i literally like carefully extracted the ones that didn't immediately die oh this just in savard admits to mass killing on podcast you're canceled yeah and like very carefully put them into these um so you you lent me shiva those little like seed start bricks Mm -hmm. i got a different type that are like a they look like a brownie they're a little peat yeah oh thing the forbidden peat 
the forbidden brownies really yeah um yeah that that would not be a good and brownie. i care i would I very carefully like transplanted those guys and actually i saved around 20 broccoli seedlings and broccoli's pretty big plant so i'm only gonna be able to keep like five so it's really again survival of the fittest yeah um but related though mm-hmm. this was really fun i was swapping out adam's water jug so he has a one gallon petmatic water cycler thing it has a little one gallon water reservoir on the back side and it has a site and it constantly cycles the water and has a filter but i look down and there is green leaves coming out of the intake portion on the thing and i'm like what the fuck is this i lean down and i very gently pull it out and it's a broccoli plant that the seed has somehow gotten into Adam's water bowl, gotten caught in the filter, and then germinated. And it germinated like a five-inch stem to get its leaves out into the air. And it had this long root. And it's very gently extracted this thing and was like, holy shit. So I very carefully, I took it over, got it, gave it its own little cell and thing, put some of the, my good dirt in it, and watered it down and now i've got that's like that's the strongest broccoli plant i've got <laughs> because <laughs> it literally lived in adam's water bowl for like a week and then <laughs> popped out and i'm like i don't know man this this plant wanted to live um and that actually points back to another thread someone found late uh, it was a thread from a couple years ago where someone had been at a hotel in like arizona mm-hmm. and they went to their hotel bathroom and there was a plant sticking out of the drain and they're like what is it and it turned out to be a tomato plant that they have kept for the last couple years <laughs> um but they very carefully extracted tomato seedling from the drain took it home planted it and was like all right what's you gonna be and it's now this like heirloom tomato plant that they have oh my god that's funny also, I really like the term "good dirt." I think that would be a great name for a book on gardening. I'm sure or, uh, farming. Panther has family that does gardening books. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this, so when I say "good dirt," we're talking about dirt that's like fifteen dollars for a cubic foot mm-hmm. versus five dollars for a cubic foot. Oh yeah. yeah. So. This was the fancy dirt that I bought at Callaway's for my pepper seedlings, yeah. which worked really well for them. And so now I have this brave little broccoli seedling. So, yes, online is terrible. Discourse is sometimes very terrible. Learn new things. Yeah. And it's if, like today we learned that um, broccoli is airborne. Yeah. Um, <laughs> today we learned that you can make hot sauce out of, like, anything. So when I went to the grocery store, I got... I have more ghost peppers, and I got some more what habaneros. What about cum, Saverin? Can you make hot sauce out of cum? No. No. Okay. Like... Ooh, dragon cum. That would be spicy. Yeah, I bet. I mean, you've seen those things where someone puts a fucking bottle of shirasha sauce on a cum tube toy, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's not do that. Um, but I'm going to do a habanero peach. I'm going to do a ghost pepper peach. I'm going to do a habanero, uh, habanero peach, habanero mango, and then you're ghost pepper peach, <laughs> and then I've got some kiwis that I'm going to try with some jalapeno. That I'm more questionable on, but it might be sort of a slightly sweet jalapeno relish, maybe? Question mark? 
You want not to try. Exactly. And it's not like it's expensive. It's not poison, so... Yeah, like I spent probably... It, you're not saying you want not to you try with a big taste of... Uh, with a big uh, tube of horse paste and you're mm, brushing your put teeth that, with it. Put that yeah. cheap drench in my eyes. And the little cayenne pepper plant is making more because it is a very busy bee. Yep. Um, <laughs> it is... It, it. Why is the thing I want, I cared about least the most successful and prolific it cool. just makes so many al- uh, this is well, like ajax's huge fucking thing that he didn't His even squash. intend to plant <laughs> well, like your uh the air garden stuff you have in your kitchen is popping off like those little oh did you see it today yeah you oh. saw it, you saw it like two weeks ago and just starting to send up yeah and, and I, now I, it's I like boom. went out there to uh throw dinner trash away and got waylaid by Bo. And he he was like, "Oh my God, you're here! Hi." Um, yeah, those little things they do really they well. They pop off, and like mm-hmm. the 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 little lamp you see. The funniest little thing is that like, and this is so weird, but the seedlings go to sleep. Like at the end of the day, their leaves just go. Noop. They kind of point up, and then in the, and then I turn off the light, and then in the morning they've kind of relaxed, mm-hmm. and then like towards the day, like they're like, "I've got enough." sunlight i'm gonna kind of point my leaves up and then you turn it off for the night and then you they open back up that's kind of cute it's like huh plants are weird mm-hmm. well, it's like you can they're very complex yeah i'm very excited though my banana pepper plant um has three open flowers right now and two of the previous flowers were going to fruit so i brought my banana pepper back from the brink it's gonna start producing so you've been self pollinating or you've been trying the tap technique i've been masturbating them plants I mean, if you don't have bees, yeah, you basically it's fill just that. get the little, like a little tiny little, uh, I don't even know what it is. It's some little pokey stick thing that Panther gave me, and I've just been like very gently, like rubbing the pistol or the stamens against the pistol to get some pollen up in there. You can also get like a real if you go to like an art supply a store, fine, yeah, get a really super fine soft brush. Yeah, those work better. But it's just like. I'm very excited and very happy that like I'm learning some apl- some like new I'm learning new skills, and I'm seeing success in my growing, and that's keeping me from being online so much because online is terrible. Yeah, I'm about ready. To, I'm debating like the the it, tomatoes don't like heat, and mine have kind of gone all tall and scraggly, and and I've been debating just ripping them out. But I also learned um, tomatoes are funny. You could take and clip a tomato stem and just stick it in the dirt and it'll take off. Yep. Because so so much of my plants right now are tall and skinny and scraggly. I was half debating just kind of, because the top is nice, nice, new, healthy growth. Uh-huh. And I was debating basically going up to the top, finding nice, good growth, clipping it there, and then basically... Pulling out the rest of the plant, giving the soil a refresh, like toss in some more fertilizer, give it some stir up, and then replant the, when we hit like another downturn cool, replanting the good stuff at the top and see if I can't get another round of growth in the fall. Yeah, because you could like literally stick in a cup of water, give it a little bit of rooting hormone. Um, Don't even need to do that. I tried this. I I lopped off like a limb off of one of my um, cherry tomato plants. Just took it down and stuck like two thirds of it down in the dirt, covered it up, made sure I kept it watered for a couple days. A couple of the plants out there start off as limbs that I whacked off. Yeah. 
That was I like, don't even have to do rooting hormone. I can just stick it in the dirt and it goes. Someone was like super upset that this was on like the hot pepper subreddit that a storm had killed what they thought had killed their pepper plant. They're like they'd broken off two major limbs and the main plant was on the ground and the people's reply was like, Congratulations, you have three pepper plants now. Just stick it in some it's like literally just stick it in some water and give it some time and you will have three plants and they were like, What? Oh, edit. Oh wow, it worked. Um yeah, like a lot of plants are kinda like that. But I I planted my potatoes, I planted my carrots, my seedlings are going well. Um it's still too hot to put like the broccoli seedlings outside. But, like, I've been keeping the potato... Uh, the potatoes literally got watered in today. And you, then... You could get some of the, the peat pots. Yeah. Uh, like the, the peat um, ones that you can just stick in the ground. Uh-huh. To put those in. And basically put the grow light... Put a couple boxes on either side to lift it up. So it they're just right over and keep raising it up with, like, boxes. Uh-huh. And you could kind of pick your survivors... Put them in a slightly larger peat pot, and they'll keep growing for the next couple weeks until it's cool enough to plant. Yeah. But you could do that as a tide-me-over to let them keep going between now yeah, and it's too hot to go outside. Cause... And also, you're going to want to, when you bring them outside, start weathering them. Yeah, you like basically... 15 minutes, 30 minutes, yeah. Oh, more like wait for, put them out in like overnight, pull them in when it starts to warm up in the morning. And do that over and over until they start getting hardy, because they're going to struggle. Uh-huh. Well, because, like, part of the reason I brought my habaneros in, because, like, a couple of, like, one of them would just flop over entirely in the heat of the day. And it wasn't producing anything. It felt it was probably just, like, barely surviving. But now, one of my habaneros is not producing flowers at all. It might just be a male plant. And the other plant is producing, has a bunch of flowers now. Or a bunch of, like, bulbs for the flowers. Like, I have one flower that's I'm almost ready to emerge but everything else is just like the little green knobs you know um one thing i've noticed now that i've done peppers in a couple different varieties like my banana pepper did it first time i did it made one big one took it off and immediately threw more flowers and set two took those off it threw more flowers and now it's got like three so as long as it's got one growing it will probably not set more fruit you have to kind of take it away yeah make it keep going don't let it get. Don't let it settle for that one. You have to mm-hmm. tell her to keep going. Well, like that was that my banana pepper had produced one pepper and then stopped, but that was because it was just too dang hot for the plant to want to produce anything. It produced leaves, and now it was focusing its energy on like surviving versus fruiting. And now that they're both, they're all indoors and getting adequate water on the day on the regular. They actually have the space and the the juice to be like, ooh, time to fruit, time mm-hmm. to propagate, versus like keeping all their maximum amount of leaves to survive. I, I'm I'm trying not to die here, folks. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been it's been good to learn, and this has been our gardening half hour because you know, hey, guess what? That's what Finally, someone else will talk gardening with me. Yeah, like I, I was wondering, wondering, is like, is there like a furry pepper exchange? Is there like? A furry gardening group? I don't know. Does that just? I thought that was just when conventions were going on, and they flew Pepper from con to con to perform. He's gonna pollinate my plants. He's the Pepper Coyote. <laughs> Want to start wrapping? Things yeah, because it's like ten thirty almost. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. We, I mean, we, we got a we late, got a late start. start. That's it's fine. been a, it's been one of those kind of heavy nights to start. But you know what? We didn't talk about it here. That's not for the show. But you know what? We're all still here. We're all still queer. We're still kicking it. Um, and we appreciate you guys listening. Um, we also appreciate if you go to you know Patreon dot com slash South Podcast. Um, South Paws Cast. Yes. <laughs> um, next episode is episode five hundred. Holy shit! We're not dead yet. Why? Um, you can write into the show and be like, holy shit, you made it to 500. Congratulations. You can go buy some books at forplanet.com. Buy some books. Woo, forplanet.com. Or go buy some ebooks at baddogbooks.com. Thank you, Saffron. Um, for doing important. it so I don't have to. <laughs> yep. Shill, shill, shill. Shill, shill, shill. Um, cause like, we, you had to mail off, well, I put in the mailbox a shitload of books from yes. this last week in sale and that wasn't even all of them i've still got more to process all right well let me know um <laughs> i got the muscles Urgh. Urgh. um <laughs> oh actually one final thing and this is one of those gray muzzle moments so on wednesday i think <laughs> oh god yeah i had i so my car has like computer fuck up like, I'm going to have to take it to the shop, but my, I thought the TPMS sensors were going bad on my tires. So I took it up to ha- to the discount tire co and they're not, and they're like, no, they're working, but your tires are pretty bald. They're down to like four thirty seconds. And I was like, how long you've had them? I was like, well, since July, 2019, oh, it might be time to replace them. I was like, I agree. So I ended up getting them replaced and it was going to take about 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I decided to walk the half mile down the road to the quick, not the quick trip, the racetrack, get myself a soda and a snack, and then I'd walk my way back and it would be back in more than enough time to, uh, to get my car. And on the way back, I, I walk there and because I don't want to sit in the, the lobby because there was a bunch of other people there, I, Post up, I sit on the curb on the side of the building that's shaded, and this dude, who's probably 20, rolls up in a van, he's like, Sir, sir, are you okay? Do you need a ride somewhere? I saw you walking and was a little concerned. Are you alright? And I was like, oh my god! He thinks I'm old! And so I was like, flattered in the moment. I was like, well, thank you very much, that's very nice of you, I'm thank fine. Thank you, young man! Um, I'm waiting on my car, it'll be done here pretty shortly, I was just you know, sitting in the shade and enjoying my drink. All right, you're good? Yes, sir. It's like, hey, man, thanks. I appreciate it. It was just like, oh, no. I mean, I've done this for, for old people in the past, but now I'm the old people. <laughs> you're not even that old. I'm not even that old. I'm 38. <laughs> but it, I just had this moment where a, a very kind individual was like, hey, sir, are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, yes, but oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my one oh no thing for the week um i just think you're the youngest of us all i know right yeah um but it was probably because like man that person doesn't look like they should be walking in this heat and it's like i probably no shouldn't same go. person should be walking it it's, it's like, been so fucking hot i mean i had my headphones in i had a drink in my hand <laughs> i was sitting in the shade looking at my phone but i still had someone check on me which was again very nice of them See, if you'd done it around here, uh, the next door would be like, there's a homeless person sitting under a tree. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> call the cops. I wish I was joking. I know you're not. Yeah. Uh, so That's why there's a Twitter account called Best of Next Door. <laughs> yep. It's... Oh, God. The one that came through when some lady 
wanted a head pat for being nice to an African-American person. It's, it, it really came across as white person treats another person as a human being and wants a head pat. White savior complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, we're past an hour and a half on the Raw, and it's 10.30 at night, so we're old and need to go to bed. Yeah. Dang kids. So get off our lawn and uh get off our lawn. We've got gardening to do. Yeah. <laughs> so get Tiran the... to go talk it to. <laughs> I know. You you get Saverin into uh you know, basic landscaping, hook him up with Tiran, he can redo your front flower beds. Oh, so Oh no. So we um <laughs> one of the many things we have dropped a ton of cash on our uh, house lately. Doing various fixer-upper things and stuff like that. Well, uh, uh, as as you also experienced, Shiva, all of our bushes died in the I'm February still trying to freeze. figuring out how to get them out. That's what we did. So we hired um, a landscape company to get cut. So Ajax had bought a chainsaw and chainsawed them all down to a stump. Actually, um, we could probably... I could ask him if Dave could borrow the chainsaw if you want Dave to to do that mm-hmm. um but uh but we still have the stump so we also had the stump of a tree that died this year in, in our backyard so we we hired a company to come out we also needed our trees trimmed so we had our trees trimmed we had the stumps removed of the tree that died and all of the bushes that died and then um we we didn't really have a very well delineated um bed at the front of our house the people that had owned the house before us had used this like just black rubber thing to wrap around where they had planted the flowers and stuff and it didn't really look great so we've actually had um we now have one of those little two levels of bricks all around Mm -hmm. our beds and on one side of our house they actually built up the shored up the dirt quite a bit where it was eroding so that they could better support it on on that side because that wing on on that end was starting to have the dirt erode around it so now and now we have um with the block down and we have nice new mulch down on top of it so i i need someone to come and help me because so basically our empty bed is is all ready for planting but this is not a good time of year to plant stuff so we're probably going to just leave it empty until the spring and then consider what kind of bushes or plants or whatnot we want to add to the front of the house. What's stupid is I actually like gardening. It's just fire ants have a habit of setting up um, shop in like places like flower beds. Yeah. And if I find that, I'm literally going to die. Oh, oof. Yeah, that whole allergy of anaphylactic shock, yeah. Oh, It makes yeah, gardening yeah. in random places difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So yes, we need to end this show. So this has been garden, furry garden talk. Yes, we're we're old. We're Formerly gardening. known as South Boston. <laughs> yeah. Well, learn. Get yourself some plants. Learn. Learn something. All right. On that note, good night. And buy, buy a mulch. book about plants. <laughs> buy mulch. <laughs> buy mulch. Yes. <laughs>